Blog Talk Radio. Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. Then my Savior came along, and He showed me I was wrong, and He placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin, no more will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. I will never have a fear for my Lord near, and in Him so often I confide. Well, He's the keeper of my soul, since I gave Him full control, and He placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm I'm on on the winning side, side. yes, I'm I'm on the winning side, out in sin. everybody and welcome back to A Voice in the Wilderness. Tonight's show, we've got some serious stuff to talk about. Um, Alex Jones and InfoWars, their channel on YouTube looks like it's going to get deleted. And uh, this is uh, CNN and um, Google owns uh, YouTube and but CNN uh, told a bunch of people to go and flag their videos um, to try and get them shut down. And so Alex Jones' last YouTube video, title of it was, Is This My Last Video? And uh, you can go and listen to it, go on YouTube, and uh, type in InfoWars, and it's a 14-minute-long video, and he talks about who is behind this, um, and it's it's just crazy. Th- and this will set a precedence precedence for further censorship of more alternative media um, until. We have no alternative media left on the internet. It would it would appear that that is where this is headed. And so, um, in other news, we've also got uh, 
uh, with the Florida shooting, uh, Trump has just been has just said that he wants to um, take the guns that he is going to go along with this uh, gun control, uh, taking away assault rifles, and he said just take the guns and and uh, go through with due process later after you take them. And so there's a chance that this could be some kind of tricky maneuver on his part, a bait and switch perhaps, um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully uh, Trump does what's right and doesn't support gun control at all because there is no gun control that's going to stop this. When we know that this is a false flag, there were drills before the shooting. Um, there was four sheriffs sitting outside the school the whole time that did absolutely nothing to try to stop the shooting. They have every excuse in the world why they couldn't stop it. Uh, there is no doubt that they were there as part of the operation to make sure that nobody actually did stop it and that uh, nobody could actually see what really happened and uh, uh, no one could see what was going on. So that's what that's all about. And um, we we have the uh, uh, couple of the students that were on the news uh, obviously were uh, given scripted questions and answers as the uh, kid that was on the uh, Tucker Carlson show said that they didn't let him ask any of the questions or say any, any of the stuff that he wanted to talk about on the news. He had to talk about everything that that they wanted him to. And uh, so it's if you can't tell that this is a false flag, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you because obviously the only people that can't see the truth are those that just want to be ignorant or won't look at the facts. And so there's no doubt about it that this is by design to try and take our guns. Um, there was just a, a billboard in, in Florida saying that uh, uh, NRA or the NRA is a terrorist organization. So this is part of the communist plan. They first identify, then they nullify, um, which is to beat us down, and then they uh, vilify, which is to uh, say that we're evil, that we're the bad guys, and then destroy. So once they can get, they're at the point now, if they can just convince everybody else besides the white um, Christian conservative, um, if they can convince all the liberals that us conservatives are, are all totally evil, then they're one step closer to... Uh, being able to try and destroy us. And so that's uh, that's their multi-step plan right there. And um, 
that's just what they're doing. And obviously, we know that uh, uh, taking away the guns is not the answer. Uh, we, you know, they could they could put uh, some armed security guards at the doors. That would solve the problem. Uh, there's one school over in Kentucky that uh, is going to let teachers um, carry concealed weapons to school. That is in, uh, another great solution. And uh, over in Israel, uh, I believe just about all of the teachers over there carry guns. And uh, there's never been a single school shooting because criminals know that they would never be able to get away with it. Um, so what do you think about this? Well, I, I agree. The teachers, uh, the teachers that are comfortable being armed should be armed. Uh, obviously there are some teachers that aren't proficient with, uh, with weapons and, uh, those, those probably should not even try or attempt. But I mean, if you got a janitor, janitors that are basically, if you're working at the school and you're proficient with uh, a weapon, uh, have a weapon, have it uh, uh, concealed carry, and uh, have it the law that it can only be on their person. It can't be locked up or left behind where someone can get to it, but uh, on their person, uh, whether it be uh, bus drivers, uh, janitors, football coaches, athletic directors, teachers, uh, any any type of the school facility should be armed, and, and you would eliminate because um, whoever comes into that school would know that they would be shot. Um, but I'm with you. I, I don't even think the kid... Uh, just like that shooter in Vegas, I doubt he pulled the trigger. I really doubt this kid. He's autistic. I really doubt he pulled this off. Uh, eyewitness uh, statements come in of a fully uh, militarized shooter in the school. Uh, I just don't think it was him. I think those. I think those cops stood guard, make sure that the operation came off without a hitch, and it's being used to take the guns. Um, just like the information that we found in the book, Behold a Pale Horse, if you want to look that up, documents uh, the plan that the government's had uh, for a long, long time to implement gun control. That's what I say about that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um the mainstream media is trying to um, discredit everything that Infowars is saying about um, about this, and they're they're claiming that Infowars <sighs> excuse me Infowars has said that uh, crisis actors were used in this event. They never said that. Um, and I'm not sure. Do you believe that crisis actors were used in in this event? Well, I do. Uh, when I say crisis actors, let's let's uh, scale that down to uh, the only students that they interviewed were in the acting class. Uh, there's another name for it besides uh, acting class. I don't know what the 
what the name is, but uh, that's who they used, and they didn't talk to any of the other kids that wanted to talk about uh, different narratives, different topics. Um, it looks like they were definitely controlled and handled, including we saw them being bused and uh, to overnight uh, settings where they could go to uh, to the town hall or their uh, state representatives. They were being bused, so you know it, it is all being manipulated, absolutely. And that kid that that they're using uh, as a talking point, I guess his dad's FBI. Um, He's uh, definitely a shill for gun control, and he wasn't even he he's like 23 years old. He graduated. He wasn't even in this shooting. It's it's so yeah. It's definitely lies. Lots of lies. Yeah. Um, so there were uh, real actual kids that got killed in this event. Um, I don't believe yes. that it is the same as, yeah. Not they like didn't, Sandy they didn't Hook. Pull a, where, they didn't pull a Sandy Hook on this one. They actually killed kids, so. Yeah. Um, so there were, um, like you said, different people used to go in and shoot the kids uh, besides who they're saying did it, who is just the fall guy. Um but they're they're bringing up this whole crisis actor thing to make people like us, Infowars, and other people that know the truth, to make us sound crazy when we're not yeah. claiming that there are crisis actors in this uh, event. Yeah, they're really controlling the narrative on this one uh, because the narrative got out of control on Sandy Hook, and they did have crisis actors there, and uh, there mm-hmm. were, yeah... You know, it's just just gotten to the point where it's it's not even worth our time anymore to try to explain it. You either get it or you don't at this point. But Infowars is uh, being is being uh, attacked, and so will every other uh, alternative network be attacked because they were gaining too much ground, way too much listenership, way too many people waking up, and uh, they have to start reeling in the control of the narrative. So, yep, they're going to try to do everything they can to make us all look uh, batshit. Oh, there's phone went. His phone battery just died, it appears. So, uh, looks like it's up to me to uh, uh, finish out this show. Um, So, uh, yeah, like you said, you either get it at this point or you don't get it. Um, and, uh, they're going to be censoring more alternative media. Uh, they just deleted the entire YouTube channel of, uh, Natural News as well. Uh, Mike Adams of Natural News, he's, uh, he doesn't just talk about GMOs and how they're poisoning our food and water. He also talks a lot about politics and all the same stuff that we talk about. He's been uh, a guest host on Alex Jones' show before. Um, and uh, so anyways, moving on to another subject, uh, Cusco, Peru, um, just had a uh, landslide and uh, the the ground um, cracked open all over Cusco, Peru. 
And so it looks as if it, if uh, if this keeps up, uh, the Chincana tunnel system will be exposed, and uh, um, you know we can see that uh, these things that are hidden from the public, it looks like they're going to all come to light. And uh, so the world is going to see this, discover this huge tunnel system um, in the very near future. Uh, let's see here. Another news. Um, a lot of states around the... Um, around the country are uh, pushing for, for gun control. Um, I know where I live here in Washington State, they tried to ban... Um, they tried to pass a whole bunch of really bad gun laws that would make it where... Um, oh, my goodness, my freaking puppy just jumped on me. Anyways... Uh, they were trying to pass gun laws that would make it illegal to have a gun in your house without it being locked up. It would be illegal to be able to own a gun unless you took gun safety training classes every three years. Just on and on. All this ridiculous gun laws they tried to pass about a month ago. Um, and they're, they're still pushing. They, they banned bump stocks in Washington State, um, which... There's never even been a shooting using a bump stock, so that's really ridiculous. They they claim that the Las Vegas shooter used a bump stock, which is totally false because they also claim that he used a uh, bipod, and you can't use the two together. Um, so we're seeing uh, a lot of gun control uh, trying to be rammed down our throats, and... Uh, <clears throat> that is why I would like to move to a more conservative state where they won't be pushing for gun control. And uh, see what else? What other news do we have here? I'm really not used to doing the show by myself, so I, I apologize. Um, something interesting here that I just saw. Um, the Great Tribulation and the Wrath of God are not the same thing. They are two separate events. Uh, the Great Tribulation is wrath of man and the wrath of Satan. And then the wrath of God is the wrath of God against Satan and the fallen angels and all those who have taken the mark of the beast, which happens after the Tribulation and after the second coming of Jesus and the catching away or the taking away of the church at the end of the tribulation. Um, now, if you believe in the pre-tribulation -tribu rapture doctrine, it, um, it is a only about a hundred-year-old doctrine. Uh, it was invented by John Nelson Darby. Um, who was a Jesuit, make no mistake about it, part of the Plymouth Brethren, and uh, nobody believed in a pre-tribulation rapture before John Nelson Darby came along, 
So for all of those hundreds of years, for almost 2,000 years from when uh, Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, left earth, and the Christian church all the way up to that point of uh, the late 1800s, about 1890, all the way through that point, there wasn't hardly anybody at all except for a few nut jobs that believed in the pre-tribulation rapture. And uh, so John Nelson Darby came up with it. It was popularized by Schofield, the Schofield Study Bible. It was uh, pushed by Bible colleges throughout the world, mostly in America. Um, And then there was other people that kept on making it more and more popular. And then you had the Left Behind movies and all of this stuff that just made it um, this totally common thing. And uh, there are a few verses in the Bible um, that make it sound as if um, the... There, that there is a pre-tribulation rapture, but there are so many verses that uh, that say otherwise. And all the ver- the few verses that they try to use to prove a pre-tribulation rapture are taken out of context, um, such as Matthew 24, when he says, uh, two shall be in the field grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. It never says that that event is the return of the Lord or the rapture. It's talking about the one person shall be taken in judgment and the other saved. Just like um, when Noah and his family got on the ark, Noah and his family were saved, the others were destroyed in judgment. And uh, and then the parable of the ten virgins, uh, you know, five were wise and five were foolish. Um, and uh, many people use that to prove um, pre-tribulation rapture, that, uh, you know, the Lord is coming, we must go out to meet him. Uh, that doesn't mention anything about the timing of the rapture. Um, So anyways, um, you read through the book of Revelation, many people try to say that in the beginning of Revelation chapter 4, when John is caught up into heaven and he heard uh, the sound of a trumpet, that that is the pre-tribulation rapture. Well, it never says in that verse anything about the entire church being raptured up into heaven that verse is just talking about John going to heaven to be shown something uh, by the Lord. And so that is totally misinterpreted right there. And the uh, the rapture does not happen until the last trump, the seventh trump, um, in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, where it says that... Uh, and the seventh angel sounded, and uh, and 
the Lord returns and the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms uh, of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And that takes place um, at the end of the tribulation. And so... Uh, there, there's no pre-trib rapture. It's all um, false doctrine to uh, to get believers to think that they're out of here and that they don't have to suffer, they don't have to be persecuted, and uh, it makes people very complacent because they don't realize that they're going to have to to live through hard times. And so it makes them not want to fight against evil and try to preserve this world and make it a better place while they're still in it um, because they think that they're, you know, just going to get out of here before it gets too bad. So they don't care how bad it gets and they don't care about standing against evil. And so it's just a, a tricky lie from the enemy, we need to um, stop listening to what man says, to what pastors say, to what your church says, your denomination says, and just read the Bible, um, pray, and ask the Lord to give you the the answer to reveal the truth to you. Um, seek, and you shall find, and. Um, Do the same thing for any question that you have about the Bible. Instead of going to your pastor or asking or some Bible answer man or emailing somebody that you think has all the answers, um, just go to the Lord, take to the Lord in prayer and ask Him what the truth is because God is the only person that can tell you the truth and be right. 100% of the time. And uh, the Bible says in Romans, let God be true and every man a liar. And uh, so anyways, uh talked enough about news. I'd like to talk a little bit um, about the gospel, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that uh, there is no way to the Father but through the Son. And he said that uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so if if you've broken one of God's commandments, just one, even only one time, even if you are the best most righteous person that has ever lived, you're still a sinner in in God's sight, and unfortunately, sin must be punished. And um, but God is willing is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And um, and so. He sent his one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And uh, the Bible says that uh, 
that if you put your faith and your trust in him, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so the Bible tells us that uh, in the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and by the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you know that Jesus is the only way, and you know that you're a sinner in need of his grace, that you're, that you're lost without God and on your way to hell. He is the only one that can save you. And, uh, and so if you call out to him, pray to him and ask him to be your savior and to forgive you of your sins, you shall be saved. And, um, but only those that truly come to God sincerely um, out of true conviction, knowing that you are a lost and dying sinner, um, that God has to punish sin, that uh, all our righteousness is as filthy rags, and it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, you, you can't get into heaven without being washed in the blood of Jesus. And so... Um, like I said, no matter what you've done, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, if you truly know that you are a sinner, um, that has broken the commandments, and uh, and you're truly in need of, of His grace then uh, cry out to him and ask him to be your savior. And he will forgive you of your sins and transform you into a saint. Not just a sinner saved by grace, but a saint. One who can live in victory over your sin. And... uh, So that's the gospel right there. And those who truly, sincerely mean it and who truly have a broken heart before God, those are the ones that receive salvation. Not not just those that uh, that just say a prayer for fire insurance and never have any intention on on of uh, walking with God and and uh, being a son of His, being a saint. Uh, those are the people that uh, the Lord will say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, on Judgment Day, for I never knew you. Um, because they came to him out of the wrong motive. They never truly cried out to him in desperation, knowing that only he could save them from their sins. And... Uh, the the way that you know that you've done it right, that you've truly been born again, is when you have that relationship and that walk with God where you can talk to him and he will answer you back. Um, because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that uh, hereby we know that we are the sons of God. His spirit beareth witness with our spirit uh, that we are the sons of God. And so... 
if you can't, if you if you make that decision and you and you uh, ask the Lord to be your Savior and to forgive you of your sins and to wash you in His blood, and you can't hear the voice of the Lord and you don't feel like you have a, a real relationship with Him, then that is a sign that that uh, that you're not uh, that you're not His. That you don't have the Holy Spirit, so you need to go back and and truly repent. And so, I say that because there are many that just say the prayer and and don't truly get saved. And then when somebody sees them uh, living just like the world and sees that they haven't truly been saved, that they're obviously not showing the fruit of a Christian, they say. You know, what's wrong with you? Have you ever have you ever actually asked the Lord to uh to save you? And they'll say, Oh yeah, I already you know, prayed that prayer ten years ago when I was twelve years old. So that's the reason I say that, because um it's the prayer of salvation, the sinner's prayer, is the only thing you have to do to get saved, but at the same time it's not always a guarantee that you've been saved Um, because uh, the seed as the Bible says the seed falls on stony ground for some people and for other people the seed falls in good ground and that seed of salvation truly takes root and those people are truly saved and then many other people sadly they think they're saved but they never they never truly got saved because they never truly realized that they were absolutely hopeless without the Lord. They never took it serious. And so I don't I don't ever want to uh lead someone to the Lord and give them false hope because of uh some kind of sloppy salvation that just wasn't done right. And so uh, once you say that prayer, you need to uh, commune with the Lord and truly have a relationship with Him. And that's the fruit. That's how you know that you're truly saved, that you can talk to Him and He talks to you. And it's a beautiful thing. And so if you don't know the Lord, you're missing out. And so I'm, tr- I'm trying to talk about salvation more on this show because all this stuff, all this end times, Bible prophecy, conspiracy, Illuminati, New World Order stuff is not going to do you any good to know any of this stuff unless you got Jesus as your Savior. Because with Jesus, he can give you the power to overcome this this kind of evil that's coming upon the earth. And even if he doesn't deliver your body, even if you get killed, he will still deliver your soul. And so don't fear don't fear man, don't fear this conspiracy stuff. Only fear God. Um because the Bible says, do not fear him who is able to kill the body, and after more after that there is nothing else he can do. But fear him who is able to destroy both your body and your soul in hell. And uh as the Bible says, it is a fearful thing to uh, fall into the hands of the living God. And uh, 
So that he is the only one that we should fear. And there's not too many Christians that understand the fear of the Lord. And so we need to understand the fear of the Lord. If you are saved, you need to understand the fear of the Lord and walk in holiness. Because the only people that God will protect and allow to be overcomers in these end days are those who abide in the secret place of the Most High. And abiding in the secret place of the Most High isn't something that you can just say that you're doing and claim that you're doing it. It's something that if you're if you're saved, you're either doing it or you're not doing it. And just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're doing it. You have to be walking close to him in sanctification and holiness and uh, and righteousness. And only then, when you have a close walk with God, are you dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And once you reach that point, then there is nothing that the world, the flesh, or the devil can do to stop you. And so many, you know, many want to claim all the promises and, and claim, you know, I'm more than an overcomer. Well, yeah, sure, you can be more than an overcomer. But there are some things that you have to do in order to claim that promise. Because we can't just live life without um, without fulfilling our end of the bargain in our covenant relationship with God. Because in God's covenant, there's commandments. And if we're not walking in those commandments, we're not fulfilling our end of the, of the covenant, of the contract, the agreement. And so if you're not faithful, if you're not um, if you're not obeying your conditions of the contract, then God is not obligated and will not fulfill his end of the bargain of the covenant. And so let's learn to uh to walk in covenant. Um and it it was these people in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, whether it's Peter, Apostle Paul, Elijah, King David, um, all these people that walked with God, truly walked with God in obedience, that loved the Lord their God with all of their heart, those were the people that uh, God could do anything through them. God could truly use them. Like King David, he brought down the giant when nobody else had the courage to do so. It was because he walked with God. He really spent time with God. Elijah, you know, he he really prayed. He he spent time with God. He was able to go up against the prophets of Baal and, you know, uh looked looked death right in the face when when uh you know they probably could have killed him but yet he was obedient to God and um so anyways um I was trying to look up that verse about uh do not fear him who can uh destroy the body um but fear him who is able to uh 
destroy both your body and your soul in hell. I can't seem to find it here. But uh, anyways, that's it for tonight's show. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, tune in next Sunday. And hopefully my dad's uh, phone won't die next week so he can talk a little bit more. And uh, God bless you all. Love God with all your heart. Stay close to him in these days we're living in. And uh, God bless. Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. Then my Savior came along, and he showed me I was wrong, and he placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin, no more will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. I will never have a fear, for my Lord is ever near. And in Him so often I confide. Well, He's the keeper of my soul since I gave Him full control. And He placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm on on the winning side. Yes, I'm on. Praise the Lord, I'm on the way.